turning your Bibles to the book of Mark. We finally are out of Matthew 13, and we go to the next day. What happened the next day? It's remarkable. It's wonderful. I want to thank Christy for singing this morning because she and Mandy both sang at the wedding and uh, it was also beautiful. So, wow. Lord Jesus, I ask you to, I ask you, Lord, to touch my tongue and my heart and my mind that I might bring to these people your word to bring it to them, Lord, that they might understand it and that they would receive encouragement. Thank you again. In Jesus' name, amen. Many years ago, my children were very little, and uh, we were on a work vacation in New Hampshire, and we, uh, we were... I, I was the camp pastor and speaking every night. I've told this story a couple of times, but uh, they wanted to go fishing, and the only thing there was there was a canoe. Canoes are pointed on both ends. Don't go fishing in a canoe. <laughs> and we got out in the middle of this lagoon, I guess you'd call it, and it was uh, one of the children, Angie, caught a fish. I got one. And Jamie and I both leaned over to look at it. And that's exactly what happened. Our boat turned over. And we were about 100 yards or more from, from the pier, and there were snapping turtles. We'd been warned about going fishing out in the middle. And uh, quite a humorous story, but w the three of the, us were in this little canoe and the camp had provided it I was reading a Louis L'Amour western in the middle sitting in the middle and they were fishing but we had Jesus in the canoe with us we had Jesus in the boat and that's what's important all of us oh if not now you will all of of us need to have Jesus in our boat for when it gets bad out there when when the winds blow when uh, the waters rise the waves come at you those problems in life Jesus will help us get through if he's in our boat Matthew chapter 4 verse 35 I'm reading and the same day when the evening was come, he said to them, let us pass over to the other side. Now, it's kind of strange. I've seen, I, I, I've crossed the Sea of Galilee, as a matter of fact. And it's not what you imagine. Standing on one side, you can almost see the other side, depending on how high your elevation is. It's not that far. It used to be terribly far back in Jesus' day. But right now, it's almost like you can see the horizon over there. Let us pass over to the other side. And when they had sent away the multitude, 
They took him even as he was in the ship. That simply means only the shirt on his back. And there was also with him other little ships. Some of those folks that they sent back, they became so addicted to him that they followed him wherever he went. In this case, even in little ships. Verse 37, and there arose a great storm of wind and the waves beat into the ship so that it was now full. Can't you just hear the commotion? The ship is, the, the, the waves are coming over the, the sides and filling up the ship and the disciples are saying, wake him up. No, you wake him up because he's asleep. Next verse. And uh, Peter, the spokesman usually, they're saying, Peter, wake him up. No, you wake him up. I'm not waking him up. There arose a great storm. The ship itself was in peril of sinking. Do you think that ship ever would have sunk? Not with Jesus. Doesn't mean storms don't come, waves don't beat against it. Doesn't mean bad things don't happen in our lives. It just means that when Jesus is in your ship, whatever has come, come against you, with him in your boat, you will be safe. Now that doesn't mean cancers and heart attacks and uh, those bad things in life aren't going to happen to us. Because bad things happen to good people. And it usually, if it's handled right, they will build their strength. We only get strong through our struggles. Those that follow Jesus must follow him wherever he takes them, even through the storms of life. Those that hope for happiness in Christ, and for some people that's not going to happen here. But it will happen there. Those that hope for happiness in Christ must be willing to take the good with the bad. And take the bad, just like Jesus did, willing to even go to the cross. I wanted you uh, to turn in your Bibles here to show you what Paul, to remind you what Paul, the famous apostle, of Jesus Christ, 2 Corinthians 11. I'm, I'm going to read this. It's quite long, so I hope you'll follow along. The Apostle Paul is, is with God's help, he is uh, the one that spread, the, spread, that spread Jesus Christ and planted churches all through the Mediterranean Sea. He's the one that wrote most of the New Testament. He's the one that gave up a wonderful living, working for the high priest, being his, almost his inquisitor, being his guy on the field, searching out Christians. He's the guy that was responsible for the death of many Christians and then got converted. And I say this to some of you. Some of you have tremendous courage. God looked down and saw 
Paul with tremendous courage and called him into the ministry to use his courage, his gifts, to spread the gospel. That's what happens here. But, and you've got to imagine God had his hand over him. But watch what God allowed to happen. Verse 23 with me. Are they ministers of Christ? I speak as a fool. I am more in labors more abundant, in stripes on my back, above measure, above count, in prisons more frequent, in deaths often. Of the Jews, five times received I forty stripes, save one, thirty-nine stripes. Three times was I beaten with rods, once I was stoned. Three times I suffered shipwreck, a night and a day I have been in the deep. Mediterranean has all these sharks, white, uh, the, these terrible things in it. Listen, first of all, I've got more to read, so don't close your Bible. We don't know where any of these things happen. Most of them we're not aware of. There are ten silent years in Paul's life in which many of these things happened to him, that God allowed the waves and the wind to beat against him. God allowed those things to happen to him. Why would he do that? For the same reason he allows things to happen to us. Verse 26, In journeyings often, in perils of waters, in perils of robbers, in perils of my own countrymen, in perils by the heathen, in perils, the word peril means danger, in perils in the city, in perils in the wilderness, in perils in the sea, in perils among false brethren, in weariness and pain and watchings often, in hunger and thirst, in fastings often, in cold and in nakedness, beside those things that are without, that which comes upon me daily, the care of the churches. Who is weak? I'm not weak. Who's offended at God? I, and I burn not. If I must needs glory, I will glory of the things which concern mine infirmities. The Apostle Paul, God's hand-chosen man to take the gospel throughout the world, the known world there. Looking back at your scripture again, in Mark, that verse 37 is critical. And there arose a great storm of wind and waves that beat into the sea. My phone rang. Actually, it was evening, and it was my doctor. This was 10, 11 years ago. It was my doctor. I'd gone in for a physical, and uh, he's calling me, not a nurse. And I'm thinking, this isn't good. And Bonnie was sitting right there at the kitchen table. And the doctor said, David, you have cancer. It's in your kidney. And you, it's, it's got to come out. Immediately, my mind was rolling. What do you mean? My kidney's got to come out? Originally, that's what he meant. But they didn't take the whole kidney. I'm a half-kidney person. 
A great storm of wind came against us. We immediately went to the couch on our knees and made sure we had Jesus Christ in the boat. And since he was in our boat, I wasn't going to worry. I wasn't going to... It was completely in his hands. He chose me. He called me. He gifted me. He placed me. He placed me. If he wants to take me out this way, fine. Fine with me. Now, my wife wasn't so fine with it. You can only imagine. I never once broke down crying, but the night before when she was crying, that broke me down. But storms come against us. Even in this room right now, there's three, four, five of you that have cancers. Some of them are bad. And, and some of the ones that have, have the worst cancers aren't even here right now. Amazing. You keep Jesus in your boat. Oh, it might take you home. It might take you to heaven. But what a reward. Put yourselves into his boat, into his hands. It goes on. Verse 37 again. And there arose a great storm of wind, and the waves beat into the ship, so that it was now full. Verse 38. And he was in the back of the, the ship, asleep on a pillow. Asleep on a pillow. Sometimes when we are in a storm, Christ seems to us that he's sleeping. He, that he's unconcerned. That he doesn't care. When God doesn't care is a terrible feeling. He does care. But when we feel that God doesn't care with our troubles, and regardless of our prayers, and, and does not appear to be rescuing us on our time frame, but when God is late, he's on time. He knows what he's doing. Only through struggles do we get strong. Huh. Verse 38 again. And he was in the back of the ship asleep on a pillow. And they awoke him and said to him, Master, don't you care that we perish? Yes, he cares. Yes, he cares, but... There's some things that we have, we have to just keep him on our boat and get him, he'll get us through the bad time. First Peter 5, God, God resists the proud and gives grace to the humble. You know who the proud are? The proud are those that don't feel like they need him. They're self-sufficient. They don't need God until... The cancer hits until the sickness comes. Now all of a sudden they need him. But God will resist, which means push away. As with a military, a, a military army, he resists us. God resists the proud. You know who the proud are? The proud are those that don't have a prayer life. You don't need him to get through every day. You can get through every day on your own gifts and abilities. Your own talents. That's who the proud are. 
God resists the proud but gives grace to the humble. You know who the humble are? Those that need Christ. Those that need Christ every day of their life in every situation. The humble, the most humble people in the, in the scriptures were those that practically lived on their knees in prayer. Not wanting to go through life. Not wanting to go through a day without him. It was said of James, the half-brother of Jesus, that his knees were flat. He had trouble walking because he lived on his knees. Pastor to all the other apostles, eventually when he got saved, it's amazing. God resists the proud and gives grace to the humble. I don't even want to go through a day without him. If I go through a day without him, without my shield up, I'm dead. That's the way we ought to feel. I can't make it without you. Verse 6. So humble yourselves, therefore, under the mighty hand of God. That means submit. That means obey that he might exalt you in due time, casting all your care upon him, for he cares for you. Yes, he cares. Yes, he cares for you and I. Otherwise, he wouldn't have gone to that cross. We couldn't go to heaven if he hadn't gone to that cross. He went to that cross for you. And me. To one, help us through this life, through the waves, the storms of life. And two, that we have a promise that we get to go to heaven with him eternal, eternally. In Matthew eleven twenty eight, a very famous verse, Jesus says, Come to me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden. I will give you rest. Don't go elsewhere. I will give you rest. Their confidence lay in this. One, that they had their master with them. Practicing the presence of Jesus Christ. Wherever you go, whatever you're doing, practicing his presence. They had the master. They had Christ, the creator with them. And two, the ship that has Christ in it Though it may be tossed, it cannot sink. Wow, what a wonderful thing to, to think about. This shows, showed great confidence in the Savior. It shows also where sinners and Christians should always go who feel that they are in danger. There is none that can save from the storms of divine wrath but the Son of God. He can. Verse 39 of our text. And he arose and rebuked the wind and said unto the sea... Now, by the way, I've tried this. I, I, was, in a tree, I was in a tree stand just last week and I put my umbrella up too high. They have these umbrellas that attach to a tree... They're nice when you install them, right? 
But I put mine up way too high and the wind was lashing at me and the, and, uh, the, the rain was coming into my face and I'm thinking, Lord, this ain't right. I've got a Cabrella. And I tried to rebuke the wind. Only the Son of God can do that. You and I cannot do those things on our, by ourselves. This showed great confidence. He arose and he rebuked the wind. And he said unto the sea, Peace, be still. And if you can just imagine, if you can just imagine your brain, your heart, having all these waves rolling in it and splashing and jumping all around and the wind just blowing. And all of a sudden, Jesus takes a hand in it. And he says, peace, be still. And your brain, your heart goes flat. Peace goes still. He arose, verse 39, he rebuked the wind, said to the sea, peace, be still. We can say that about our hearts. Lord, give us peace that passes all understanding. And the wind ceased. The wind obeys him and there was a great calm let not the wind any longer roar nor the sea rage so he stills the noise of the sea the noise of her waves a particular emphasis is laid on the noisiness of it there was a great calm one word of Christ can change the face of nature. One word of his can calm and can restore calm and peace to the most troubled hearts and minds. Prayer and faith, if sincere, will always be heard. Verse 40, and he said unto them, why are you so fearful? How is it that you have no faith? I, I, they, they waited and waited and waited. They waited long enough so that the ship was going lower and lower and lower into the water. And, and the whole time they're arguing who's going to wake him up. And then he says to human beings, us. Listen, these are the apostles. Even as human beings, they... They showed fear and a lack of faith here. They're just like you and I. You're just like them. When bad things happen to us, it takes us a while to get a grip on this. I don't know how long it takes to swamp a, a boat, but these were experienced fishermen. And they were throwing the water out with their little coffee cups. You can just imagine. Not enough. Couldn't do it without him. Why are you so fearful? How is it that you have no faith? I have said this so many times, and I hope it helps. Faith and fear. Faith and fear are two elevators that oppose each other. The more faith you have, the lower fear you have. The more fear you have, 
the less faith you have. It's normal human behavior. Normal human behavior to experience fears. The apostles did here and several other times. Faith and fear, build up your faith. For me, it's the reading of the scriptures. It's the, it's the listening to Christian music. It's the, uh, the, the prayer times. And sometimes husbands and wives, the prayer times with my wife. That builds up my faith. And my fears go down. No fear. Now, I, I do tell you that when there's bears in the woods, your faith seems to go down a little bit and your fear goes up. But again, I've, I've learned that Walking out of the woods in the dark, singing Amazing Grace kind of deters the, de deters the bears from coming around too. So that's how I do it. Hebrews 11.1, 1, now faith is the substance of things hoped for. The evidence of things that you can't see. Faith means being sure of the things we hope for and knowing that something it, is real even if we don't see it my expression is i know that i know that i know i just know isaiah 41:10 this is a magnet on your refrigerator maybe fear not for i am with thee be not dismayed don't become undone for I am thy God. I will strengthen thee. Yea, I will help thee. Yea, I will uphold thee with the right hand of my righteousness. They feared exceedingly and said one to another, verse 41, What type of man is this? that even the wind and the sea obey him. What type of man is this? How great is this person? Here was God fully proven and shown to us. Fully manifested. They wrong Christ to suspect him to be careless of his people while they're in their distress. I can just see Paul, the Apostle Paul, floating on a piece of driftwood for a night and a day. And I think I would have gotten to the point where I, okay, now, Lord, now, now, Lord, maybe even his fins are swimming around him. Now, Lord, a night and a day God allowed him to flounder in the Mediterranean. Amazing. What type of man is this? This was truly the Son of God. He gives a word of comfort to us. If the storms of life be ever so loud, ever so strong, Jesus Christ can still the storm with a word. When without our fightings and within our fears, and the storms are raging, Christ can create peace. A peace that goes beyond our understanding. Philippians 4.4, 4, 
Rejoice in the Lord always, and again I say, rejoice. Let your moderation be known unto all men. The Lord is at hand. Be careful for nothing. Don't worry for any reason, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be known unto God. In that last verse of that, And the peace of God, which passes all understanding, shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Wow. By this scripture and this story in the boat, Christ proves himself to be God. He that made the seas can make them quiet. He that made our hearts can make them quiet. But there must be love, submission, and obedience to him. With Christ in the boat, we can smile at our storms. When the storms of life come your way, you may be at your wit's end, but not at your faith's end. While we have such a Savior in our boat, I don't have time to go through it, but 2 Corinthians 12 speaks of a terrible time for the Apostle Paul. He talks about having a thorn in the flesh, and he asks God to remove it. He asked him three different times to remove this pain, this suffering, whatever it was. And I'm glad they didn't. He didn't tell us what it was. So that it envelops all of those things in our life which cause pain. Wow. And he says, I will glory in my infirmities since God hasn't removed that thorn. All we're to do is ask. We're to ask and then to accept what God might have for us. I liked this one. I'm going to skip through Second Corinthians 12. Isaiah 57, 19, I create the, the fruit of the lips, peace, peace to him that is far off and to him that is near, says the Lord, and I will heal him. But the wicked are like the troubled sea when it cannot rest, whose waters cast up mud and dirt. There is no peace says my God to the wicked to find peace put Jesus Christ in your boat let us pray as the musicians come Lord Jesus Christ we know you care oh God that we could care more about you Lord I am sure at different times in our life we have felt you in our boat And then, Lord, sometimes it feels like you're just not there. But let us not trust in feeling. You're there. Let us acknowledge that. Let us have you rule. Be the captain of our boat. Let us have you rule in our boat, in our life. And let your voice, the word of God, rule in our hearts. Lord, if there's those here 
that need to reestablish that you're in their boat. Let them do that now. Lord, take control. Be in my life. Be in my boat. I acknowledge your strength and power. And I know only you can provide peace that passes all understanding. Lord, if there's someone here that needs you in their boat, let them this very moment, Lord, ask you in their heart, into their life. Or for those, Lord, who may have backslidden and in a boat drifted away, let them use this moment to come back to you. Having forgotten how wonderful and powerful it is to have you in their life, let them this very moment ask you into their hearts, into their boats, into their lives. This very moment, Lord, all of us praying, and if not for ourselves, for someone else. Lord, you're so great. You hear every word whispered. You want to be in our boat. You want to be in our life. And you can and will still the storm. Because you care. In Jesus' name.